So we're going to go right into the teaching. I have a powerful song of blessing, but I want to do it after I teach about the blessing. So you know, those of you who've been coming for a while know that I've been sharing everything that God, all the little nuggets, all the little revelations that God has been giving to me over my healing journey over the last eight months. That's what I'm passing on to you. So I've already taught on this particular scripture. This isn't on your sheet, but I want to just go here for just a second. This is Ephesians 6, verse 17 and 18. The first part of the scripture says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet that will protect your thoughts from lies. I taught two sessions on that, that when we put our, our focus on what Jesus did in the fullness of our deliverance and the amazing grace that he has paid for, purchased for us, when our head is there instead of on the gravity of the problem, our mind is in a healthy place. And what we're doing is that's the helmet of salvation. We're, we're protecting our thoughts because the mind is the battlefield. And that's often the place where we get trapped into focusing on the problem. So I taught two sessions on that. But then this scripture goes on and it says, and take the mighty razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit. Being, um, as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times and Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. So this is a scripture I've been meditating on. And as I've been meditating on it, I see those three powerful forms of prayer. Praying the word of God, praying in the spirit, and praying the blessing. And I've just been taking those and applying them. So that's the Passion Translation. So I have been taking those three forms of prayer, and, I, I, and they're, they're already alive in my heart. I've taught already on the powerful, wonderful Word of God and how the Word is medicine. I've taught on that already. I haven't yet taught on praying in the Spirit, but that is integral in my life. Praying in the Spirit is praying in tongues. It's praying in your heavenly prayer language. And it's praying perfectly in the will of God when you don't know how to pray or when you just want to pray in the spirit. It's a powerful prayer. I'm not teaching on that today, but I do want to say that this scripture, this Ephesian scripture, has given me these three powerful ways to pray. I might teach on that sometime this summer, but I'm not teaching on praying in the spirit now. What I am going to teach on is praying the blessing. I learned initially the power of the prayer of blessing through Pastor Tim. Many of you who've been with, with the, us a long time know Pastor Tim and know he's taught some amazing teachings on the prayer of blessing. And as a result of that, I have been praying blessings and the prayer of blessing over myself and over my body and over you guys and over your bodies and over my children and over different situations. I've been praying the prayer of blessing a lot for a long time. But I specifically used it during my healing journey for cancer that I've just been healed of in the last few months. So let me go into this teaching, and then I'll share with you what that prayer blessing looks like. But first, I want to go to the scripture. So the first um, scripture I want to read is where the Lord 
gave Moses this direction to bless the people of Israel. This is called the priestly blessing in the Bible, and it comes from Numbers chapter 6, starting with verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, and this is what he said. Speak to Aaron and his sons. Now let me just pause. Moses was talking to the priestly line. Aaron was the first high priest, and his sons after him, and his um, posterity after them. They were all part of the, the, um, the Levite family, and they were the priests. So he's speaking to the priests right now. And the Lord said, speak to the priest, to Aaron and his sons, and say this. This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. I'm going to pause again. The Lord was talking to um, Moses about this prayer of blessing that the priests were supposed to pray over the children of Israel. They, they were the chosen ones. This was the old covenant. But when Jesus became the living sacrifice. He didn't just become the living sacrifice to pay for the sins of the Israelites. He came to pay for sins for all men, all women. And in the New Testament, it says, there are neither Gentiles nor Jews, nor any other divisions or factions or chosen ones or special ones. Everyone, this is for everyone, the sacrifice that he paid for is for all. So this priestly blessing is for the chosen ones, and we are. It's for us. And this is the prayer that the priests were supposed to speak. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then it closes. So they, the priests, shall put my name on the children of Israel so that I may bless them. So now what we're going to do is we're going to dig into what this prayer of blessing means, line by line. None of this is on your handout, so just, just let this soak into your heart right now. The first line of the blessing says, the Lord bless you and keep you. Notice it doesn't say, that, that they were supposed to bless. It didn't say that the priests were supposed to bless them. It says they were supposed to invoke the blessing of the Lord upon the people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. So when it's talking about the Lord blessing you, this is what it means. It means that the Lord himself makes himself available to us to bestow on us what he has for us. His promises, his gifts, his acceptance, his approval, and his pleasure in you. So when it says the Lord bless you, it's the, 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 the Lord himself loving on us and choosing to bestow on us his best his gifts and his promises, but also it, it, dads need to do this. Fathers need to do this. They need to show their children they approve of them, that they're pleased with them. This is really important for dads to do. And our heavenly father, that's a huge piece of his blessing upon us, to approve of us, to, to show us that he is pleased with us. 
So that's the first part. May the Lord bless you and bestow on you all of these amazing gifts. Think of yourself as a parent. As parents, that's what we love to do. We love our children. There's no way to put words or a, a, a magnitude on our love for our kids. It's it's, you can't measure it. It's so great. And because of that, we love to bless our children, right? So guess what I did today? I went to Costco and I spent $232 on junk food mostly because I'm buying what my kids like, right? Well, it wasn't all junk food. There was some meat and stuff in there too. But that's what mamas do. And, and I made, I've got already stuff in the crock pot that's going in Tupperwares. It's going to the cottage tomorrow or the next day or whenever we're going. Because that's what mamas do. We love our kids and we know what they like and we want to bless them. Our Heavenly Father gives us what He has for us. So the first part of this blessing is may the Lord bless you and keep you. The word keep is a word that means guard. May the Lord guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all of your enemies, whatever that looks like, from harming you. May the Lord keep you. May he protect you, body, soul, and spirit. May he protect your loved ones. May he protect your possessions. God knows what we love, and he wants us to be, he wants our loved ones to be protected because he loves us. I totally believe my children, I have three beautiful children. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about them as the night goes on, as I talk about my prayer blessing. One of our kids is following Christ with all of his heart, passionately. The other two aren't. I love my children, all of them, with all my heart. And I believe that God protects all of my children because they're my kids. And, and I speak these blessings over my family. And he's blessing not only me, but my family. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. The next line says, may the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the, and this, this is what this means. When it talks about the face, his face shining upon you, it means, it means the wholeness of his being be illuminated to you. I just sense this precious uh, uh, Holy Spirit just wants you to hear that again. It's heavy. It's, it's like God says, okay, that's important. May his face shine upon you. The fullness of who he is, may it be illuminated to you in greater degrees, in greater degrees. May the Lord illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you. May he reveal himself, his presence, his love, and all that he has, his faithfulness to you. Let me just pause for just a second. Is there anybody that doesn't have a handout? Is that what you're showing? Okay, that is actually where I got the notes from this. So there is a handout that's going to be available. In fact, Barb, why don't you just kind of pass it around right now? Because there is a beautiful handout that Pastor Tim used, and that's where a lot of this is coming from. So Barb's going to hand it out right now. Thank you, Barb. So may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I love this line. 
The word gracious, when you look it up in a concordance, it can be broken down into three powerful attributes that God has for us. Favor, mercy, and grace. May God's favor and his mercy and his grace be upon you. Let me tell you what those words mean. God's favor is his kindness, a kind act, goodwill, or preferential treatment. I like that one. His favor upon us. Now, the favor of God or the graciousness of God can either come to us directly from God to me, from God directly to you, or it can come to you through people. The graciousness of God can be poured through people to you. I have experienced that so much, and I acknowledge it as the grace of God. I acknowledge it as the goodness of God through God's people. God's people love us, and I, I receive it, and I am overwhelmed. I'm looking at you, Pat, because she brought us this beautiful meal last Tuesday night. We had it, we had it, Tuesday, we had it the next day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because <laughs> she brought quiche and she brought soup. We had quiche for breakfast. We had soup for lunch. And we had quiche and salad for dinner. And boy, did I appreciate it because we were traveling to Florida that night, you know? So that's the graciousness of God coming through people. Kind acts. I love the word preferential treatment. That's God to us. Preferential treatment, what does that look like? It looks like being upgraded when you fly. It looks like on time, on time, um, you know, you're playing everything on time. Uh, your bag's the first thing, one's off of that little r luggage thing every single time. It's where I call my mother-in-law before we leave and say, Mom, we're going to be early. You know, because we're always early. Because that's how we travel. We have the favor of God. We have preferential treatment. We expect it. And it's not because I'm, you know, bribing God or anything. It's because I'm his girl. He loves me. And I believe it. And we expect it. And that's what, we, and that's what happens. So favor. The next part of this, him being gracious to us, is mercy. Mercy means we don't get what we deserve. The wages of sin are death. But we don't get eternal death. We get eternal life. We don't get what we deserve because Jesus took what we deserve. He took the judgment that we owed. He paid the price. He was the sacrificial lamb. So we don't get what we deserve. We can also see this in our natural life. There are many people who I've ministered to who have said something like this to me. They say, Cindy, I deserve this. Maybe they um, have lung cancer and they've been smokers. They say, I deserve this. Well, guess what? Jesus loves you. He paid the price. He took what you deserve. And God is a healer. Just because you've maybe not taken care of your body the, the best that you could, doesn't mean that he's not willing to heal you. He has already healed you. I remember one man in particular who I was praying for, who had very serious hearing loss. And when I prayed for him, I, he didn't even ask me to pray for him. Um, he somehow showed me or told me that he had a hearing loss. I didn't ask if he wanted prayer. He was telling me he had a hearing loss, so I figured he wanted prayer. So I laid hands on his ears, and I prayed for him, and he got healed. 
He got healed, radically healed. His hearing was completely re restored. But when I laid hands on him, he kind of was taken aback. He said, no, I did this to myself. Because he, he was a, a police officer and he had done a lot of shooting at the shooting range and had worn ear protection. And his, um, his hearing was shot. And he received it because he thought he deserved it. He did it to himself. But God showed him, oh no, my son. And that man was healed. So mercy, we don't get what we deserve. And grace means we get what we don't deserve. We get eternal life. We have the gift of healing. And it's not, I'm not talking about a spiritual gift. I'm talking about an inheritance. It's our inheritance. And not just healing in our physical body. The scripture says in Isaiah 61 that he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the captives free. He came to turn mourning into dancing and a spirit of heaviness or depression into a spirit of praise. That's emotional and mental healing. So that's grace. We get what we don't deserve. I did a two-part teaching called Trade It Up because God didn't just take the bad stuff away. He gave us so much more. So much more. He's such a good, good father. He gave us what he deserved, exactly, which is he's king of kings. He's God. He's the son of God. And we're his royalty. Yes. So may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Verse 26. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Now, the word countenance in verse 26 and the word face in verse 25 are the exact same Hebrew word. So it basically means the same thing. May the wholeness of God himself be illuminated or revealed to you. This is fun. I love it. I love it when God shows us more. It might be in his word. It might be in his, the way he, he feels about you. I love it when he speaks personally to me about me. And it's in, a, it's in a still, small voice. It's in a loving voice where he shows me his pleasure or he so shows me his approval. You know, it's just a, a daddy-daughter kind of thing. But when he reveals something to you, that's what this blessing is. Lifting his countenance upon you. Let me read my notes here. May the Lord lift up and carry his fullness of being towards you, bringing everything that he has to you and supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being. That's quite a blessing. And the last part, may he give you peace. I taught last week on Shalom, peace, versus chaos. May the Lord set in place all you need to be whole and complete. That's peace, that's shalom. So you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of his Holy Spirit. Last week we looked at who the king of peace is. We looked at Jesus. One of the names of Jesus is Prince of Peace. And we looked at the truth that Jesus, that he is the Prince of Peace. And this is my 
it's not just my definition of peace. It's the biblical definition of peace. I gave you all of this last week. I taught this last week. This is peace. The presence of a person that overcomes the presence of darkness in your life, in my life, because he's in me. The presence of Jesus in me, in you, the Prince of Peace, that overcomes chaos, whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. It might be crazy busyness. It might be sickness or pain. It might be anxiety or fear or panic attacks. That's chaos. It might be financial confusion or worry. It might be marital problems. It might be relationship problems. Whatever that chaos is, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So part of this blessing, may the Lord give you his peace. This is the definition of shalom. Supernatural health, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, and harmony, as well as the absence of agitation or discord. All of that. May he give you peace. May he bless you with shalom. The last line of the scripture. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. They refers to the priestly line. We're going to go there in a minute because that's who you and I are today. So they shall put my name on my children so that I may bless them. Or it doesn't say so that I may. And I will bless them. There's no may about it. So what I want to do now is I want to look at that last line because what this is talking about is invoking the name of God. Jesus is the son of God. <laughs> invoking the name of Jesus. And there is a great power in the prayer of blessing as we invoke the name of Jesus. So let's go to the New Testament and look at an, an example of this in Scripture. And then we're going to talk about how that applies to us. This is Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. This is the Passion Translation as well. So one afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple at, for the 3 o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the Beautiful Gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. When that blind man or that, that crippled man noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of that crippled man, said, Look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this by the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter held out his right hand to that crippled man. As he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged from his crippled feet and ankles, or surged into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to the Lord. Yay, yay. And then 
um, in the scripture, and there's a, a, the account goes on, and they get separated, and, and this, no, this, that's a different account. Sorry, I'm thinking about the Jesus account when he heals the guy. But Peter and John, they healed, and they were being questioned by the Pharisees. What right do you have to go around? It was probably on a Sabbath, because that's always what they argued. Who are you to be healing on a Sabbath? And they were arguing, because this man was healed. And this is what they said. This is how they responded. This is verse 16. Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man before you. It is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made this crippled man walk here right in front of you. So here's where I want to go. Peter and John had seen Jesus do this. They had witnessed Jesus when he was walking on this earth heal a crippled man at um, the, the Salome, the pool of Salome. And when they saw that man, they had an unction. And this is what I pray. Oh, God, this is what I pray for us, that we do what we see you do. We hear, we say what you give us to say. And what did they say? They said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the name, it's not a name. The word Christ means Messiah. It means anointed one. And they're saying, in the power of the name of Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, get up and walk. And then later when he did, when he was healed, they explained, they said it was faith in the name of Jesus. It was him, it was this crippled man believing in the name of Jesus that enabled him to be healed. So let's look at that for a minute. When we invoke the name of Jesus, many of you have been taught, as I have, as the Bible says, to pray in the name of Jesus. And sometimes it's almost like a, 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 just a ritual, and we don't even really know why we're doing it, but we do because that's how we've been taught to pray. But when we invoke the name of Jesus in faith and authority, we carry all that Jesus carries. We have his authority. We have his power. We have been commissioned to do that. And as we invoke the name of Jesus, everything that Jesus carries is available in that power of his name. His person, his character, his kingly office as the authoritative grounds for healing. It, it's carried in the name of Jesus. This is what it's like, the power of attorney. So let's talk about the power of attorney for a moment. And this is going to be first grade Cindy teacher because I don't really understand it that well, but I'll do my best. So Kent and I have a living will. Um, and probably a lot of you guys do too. And part of that is we know what we want if, if we need life support or if we don't need life support or whatever. We, we've talked about that. We know what our desires are. And so if anything were to happen where I wasn't able to make decisions for myself, Kent has power of attorney. I have given it to him. It's written down in our living will that he can make decisions for me if I'm not able to make them for myself on behalf of me because he knows me and he knows what I desire. The same thing is true with him. I am power attorney of attorney for him 
if it would ever come to a point where he's not able to make decisions. I can do it for him, and it's legal. Now let's talk about Jesus. This power of attorney that we have in the name of Jesus is legal. It is spiritually legal because we've been commissioned, we've been authorized, we have delegated power from Jesus. It has been given to us by Jesus. He gave it to us and he authorizes us to act on behalf of him. So when we invoke the name of Jesus, it's us using our power of attorney that we've been given. It's a privileged power that Jesus has delegated to us to confront sickness or anything else where the enemy is attempting to exercise his um, purpose of stealing, killing, and destroying, whatever that is. So we're, those two things, the prayer of blessing, which we're going to talk about how, what that looks like, and invoking the name of Jesus, they go hand in hand. Now, why can we do that? Why do we have that authority? Because we have been called by Jesus, priests and kings. Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Remember, that priestly blessing was to be spoken by priests, right? Listen to this. This, you know, I was brought up Catholic. And when I learned that I was a priest and a king, <laughs> it was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So listen to this. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, of course, that's Jesus, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then again in Revelations chapter 5. And they sang a new song saying, you, and it's speaking about Jesus, you, Jesus, are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have released and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on this earth. The problem is many of us don't know it. We don't know we have authority and power. We don't know that this powerful prayer of blessing and invoking the name of Jesus is even ours. And if, if we do it, will it work or won't it work? We don't know it. And if we don't know it, we don't have faith. And if we don't have faith, we're not going to get anywhere. But when we do, when we know truth, when we apply it, the impact is amazing. I'm going to share testimonies of this in just a second. So there's power in praying that blessing over yourself and over your family or your needs. Listen to this scripture. This is James 3, verse, 10, verse 20, or verse 10. It's talking about the blessing, but it's also talking about the curse. This is what the, the epistle says. Out of the same mouth proceed both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. You see, God's given us a free will. Blessing is what he tells us to do. He tells us to speak blessing. But we have a choice. And there's so much stuff that comes out of our mouth 
we don't even realize it, but we're speaking negative. We, we speak the problem, we speak critical words or intemperate words or, or harsh words or hurtful words or, or words of sickness or words of, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna say words of death. Those are words that are cursing ourselves or others and we don't even know it. And the Bible says don't do that. Don't speak blessings and curses. In that same chapter, if you read that whole chapter, it gives all kinds of specific examples. It talks about how powerful the tongue is, that it's like a rudder on a ship, that one little piece of metal can move a whole ship back and forth. That's what your tongue is. Or like a spark that can start a whole fire, a forest fire. It talks about, in that same chapter, it talks about the fruit that you don't get um, berries off of a, a, a thorn bush. Or you, you, know, you, you get the fruit that is on that bush. You shouldn't be having blessings and curses coming out of your mouth. Just blessings. So as I teach this, this practical part of the, the teaching now, the first thing I think is important is that we need to cancel out word curses. We're going to talk about speaking blessings. But the Bible says we shouldn't be blessing and cursing. So I think, the, and this is what I do, the first step is to cancel that curse out, to re, rebuke your, the, the curse or revoke that thing and get the curse out of there so that when you release the blessing, there's nothing in the way of that blessing taking um, positive effect. So what I've given you is I, I put all these notes on your paper because I think this is something very, very powerful for you to go home and do in your quiet time at home. If you don't usually have a quiet time at home, this is a good one to go home and spend time with. On my paper, I wrote assignment. I mean, this is so, this, to take an hour of your week and to do what I'm gonna share with you next, I believe has the potential to shift everything in your life. So, this is my suggestion to break those word curses. The first thing I would do is to go to God and spend time seeking him, saying, God, is there, are there, is there anything in my life where I have been speaking negative words or others have been speaking negative or destructive words or words of death over me have others been speaking negative or have I been speaking negative? Now let me give you some examples. We're gonna talk about the second thing there in just a second. Let me give you some examples. Many times we speak things over ourselves like, I'm, I'm never gonna amount to anything or I'm never going to be able to do that. We might speak things over ourselves like, I'm just not smart enough, I'm not able, I'm not talented, I, I can't do that. We use the word, I can't. We might say things like uh, something other people have spoken over you. Maybe your parents have spoken uh, something over you, and you know, over you or your siblings. You know, she's the smart one. This one is, you know, not the smart one. In my case, in, I was called the shy one. My sister was called the outgoing one. I bought it. That's not what God says. You see, word curses don't agree with God. When my parents over the years, over and over and over, told me, told others that I was shy. 
That is not God's word. The Bible says he hasn't given me a spirit of timidity. He's given me power, love, and a sound mind. So that's not in agreement with God's word. So it was a curse, but I didn't know it. So I received it. But there's so many things we speak over ourselves. It might be a pain. It might be aging. You might be saying, well, I'm getting older, so that's going to happen. Those are word curses. It might have to do with finances. I'm never going to get ahead. Every time I get ahead, something happens. You might say, Murphy's Law. You know, if, it's gonna be, if it could possibly go wrong, it's going to go wrong. Now, I'm just throwing all this stuff out of there. A lot of, a lot of times it's slang. We don't even realize it. I'm sick to death of that. That just drives me crazy. A lot of times it's just slang. But what we're doing is we're speaking word curses over ourselves. It might be others that have spoken it over you. Many times when I minister one-on-one with people, I hear things because we go to God and ask questions like this to God. And they'll remember something that their parents spoke over them that just pierced their soul and it stayed with them their whole life. And when it comes up in a ministry session, we do exactly what I'm sharing with you. We break it off. We, we declare that we're falling out of agreement. I, I have them repeat it, so I'm not doing it, but I, I have them repeat. I am falling out of agreement with that. I will no longer partner with that word curse because that's what we unknowingly have been doing. We've been agreeing with it. The next area is the area of your health because this is a healing class. So what has been spoken over you? It might be a doctor's diagnosis. Now, I'm not saying that doctor's diagnosis is a lie. I'm not saying that. It could very well be a fact. But we have a choice whether we're going to receive it or not. If we receive it, we're not agreeing with God. We're agreeing with the devil. We're agreeing with the problem. Stop agreeing with the problem and receiving it. So, so ask yourself those questions. What words have been spoken over my body? Is it a diagnosis of chronic pain? God corrected me about that one last night. He says, stop calling that thing chronic pain. He's a God who heals. You know, get that word out of your vocabulary. Is it, is it a diagnosis of arthritis? Is it a diagnosis of, in, you know, in Kent's case, of uh, cataract? Whatever it is, whatever that thing is, we have the option to break off that word curse and to agree with God. It might be... Um, Uh, Here's a big one. It might be something that has run in your family for generations and generations. And because it's been in your dad and then your brothers or your grandpa and then your dad and then your brothers, it's going to be in your son as well. Oh, no, 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 no. Because guess what? We're redeemed. We have a new DNA, right? So... So that's a big one to break off. And I, when, in individual ministry sessions, we, we almost always do that because so many people have bought the lie. There is something in my family, and I'm not even going to put a name on it right now in front of you guys, but over the years, I have absolutely said no. That will not be in me. Absolutely not. And it's a, it's a woman thing. So I have sat down with my sister and I said, her name's Mayanne. I say, Mayan, let's pray. Let's break this generational curse. I already had off of myself, but I wanted to break it off of my sister as well. And we did. And I am believing with all my heart that that curse is not coming on me because it's Jesus, 
redeem me from the curse. And I believe it. So those things are word curses that many of us have either spoken over ourselves or others have spoken over us. Now here is a simple format of a prayer. You don't need to use these exact words, but it's powerful. Let me just read it out loud, and I'm just going to fill in that blank with something. I don't know what yet, but I'll fill it in when I get there. Lord, I break, and now I often clap when I say that word. It seems like there's just a point of contact, a point of severing in the spiritual um, atmosphere when you declare it and you break it off. So if I clap, that's why. I just do that a lot. So, Lord, I break any word curse I have spoken or that has been spoken against me. I fall out of agreement with the word curse that I am shy. I cancel all demonic assignments and bondage, and I take back all ground and authority that these words gave to the enemy. Instead, God, I come into agreement with you. I am who you say I am. I have what you say I have. I am, you haven't given me a spirit of timidity, God. You've given me power and love and a sound mind. So whatever that word curse is, I, I break off the word curse that I have incurable cancer. I break off that word curse. I will not accept that, God, according to your word, by Jesus' stripes I was healed. That's what I choose to believe. I will not partner. I will not receive that, that negative report. That I declare it as a curse, and I've been redeemed from the curse. So I will no longer partner with it. I choose to partner with you, God. I choose to agree with you, God. So break off those word curses. Many times you're not aware of them. So go to God in your quiet time and ask him. Uh, when I do this in ministry and for myself, I have a piece of paper in front of me because a lot of times there's a long list of them and I write them all down and then one at a time we break those things off, fall out of agreement with them and make a choice to agree with God instead. So that's the first part, the first practical part of this teaching. And the second part is to impart blessings, to impart the blessing. Speak blessings over your body in the very areas where it's sick or it's hurting or it's weak and be very specific. It's very simple. When I invoke the blessing, when I pray the blessing, I don't say, I bless my bones. I use God's name. Lord, bless my bones. Bless my bones with restoration. Bless my bones, Lord, with being made new. Bless my bones, Lord, with being strengthened. Lord, thank you that my bones are blessed with renewed youth. Whatever it is in your body, maybe it's your heart. Lord, bless my heart with steadfastness. Bless my heart, Lord, with a free flow of blood through my, through my arteries and my veins and the lobes of my heart. Lord, bless my heart with um, steadfastness, no AFib, but with being steady and strong. So speak these blessings of the Lord over your physical body, whatever it is. In my life over the last few months, I've been speaking blessings over my bones because I had cancer in my bones. I've been speaking blessings over my bone marrow and my blood because that, it was a blood cancer that I was fighting. I was speaking blessings over my immune system 
and my lymph nodes because that was another area that my body was weak in. That's why cancer reared up its ugly head in the first place. So I spoke blessings over my body in a very specific way. I also spoke blessings over the medicine. And so as, as I was in treatment and I had chemo and immunotherapy going into my body, I was blessing it. Lord, bless this medicine. Lord, thank you that you make this from whatever it is and you turn it into Jesus juice. I love that word. One of my old loved ones here called it Jesus juice. Was that you, Christine? I call it Jesus juice too. And Lord, thank you that it's everything that I need and no negative side effects at all. Because when God blesses it, that happens. I didn't lose my hair. I didn't have any um, side effects. I mean, nothing. I mean, I am so strong and healthy. And I went through that. You saw me. I was here every Monday, every Tuesday. Why? Because God took care of me. Lord, bless that medicine. And the other thing I spoke over was my doctors. Lord, bless my doctor. Lord, bless the staff. Lord, bless this healing center. So speak blessings over this, specifically over what your needs are. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So God has great plans for us. But here's the key. Are you agreeing with God's plans? Or are you agreeing with the enemy's plans? We need to fall out of agreement with the yuck and start agreeing with God. There's a little box in your paper, um, and this is just powerful. Speak blessings, not curses, over yourself, over your children and your grandchildren, over your boss, your husband, your wife, your pastor, your servers in the restaurants, your contractors. All through life, speak blessings. Kent and I just finished our house. We spoke blessings over every contractor and group of contractors that came through our home the whole time. Lord, bless them with, and I would just pray, whatever, Kent and I pray together for all sorts of things in the building of our home. When we go to restaurants, we, play bless, we always pray blessings over the food, but we also pray over our servers and over the restaurant. We pray favor and blessing over the, the, um, the, the especially now with our restaurants hurting so much. We pray, God, just bless this restaurant and the owners and the management with favor, financial favor. You know, just bless them big. So pray blessings. And then the second category of blessings is over situations in your life, like health, your marriage, your finances, your giftings, your job, your career, your travels, etc. I pray the prayer of blessing all the time. Now I want to give you a practical strategy that I have used and I have shared and I have seen phenomenal results with this and this is the way this works whatever it is that you're that you're um, praying for it could be yourself in the example that I'm sharing with you it is my prayer of blessing over my daughter now I've shared a lot about my three children um, but Megan is the one that's home right now from South Africa and um, this is part of the prayer that I pray for her and this is how I do it Ken's going to put a, a, a screenshot up there on the projector. What I do is I, I write a two-column chart. And on the left side of the chart, I put everything that I see 
I'm a mama, and I know my daughter well. It, you might be doing this with your marriage or your health or whatever, but you know the situation well. And on the left side, I write down the things that I see that are not in agreement with what God says about my daughter. Those are curses. And she doesn't know it. But she's living in the midst of a bunch of stuff that's really yucky. I love my daughter. I don't want her to live that way. Now, the only reason I wrote that down isn't so that I can focus on the negative. The reason I brainstorm and write down a whole list of all the negative things is because right next to that list is the God opposite, God's plan. The opposite of the curse is the blessing. And when I write down one on the left, I can easily see what God would say or what God would ordain in each one of those situations. So I write down God's perfect will for my daughter on the right-hand column. And then when I pray, that left-hand column I don't even look at. I pray the blessings that are in that right-hand column. And I speak those blessings over my daughter. Lord, bless my daughter with godly living. Bless my daughter with um, being sensitive to your voice and heeding your voice and living in a godly way. Lord, bless my daughter with a renewing of her mind, with a new mindset, and shift, a shift. Lord, bless her with a shift away from the worldview and into a God's eye view, seeing as you see. Lord, bless my daughter with, with um, relationships that are rich and strong in love and in faithfulness and leading to marriage in Jesus' name. Lord, bless my daughter with opinions and heart beliefs that agree with you, that are biblical in Jesus' name. Lord, bless my daughter with being selfless, giving of herself, caring more about others than she does herself. Lord, bless my daughter with completely depending and trusting on you, giving up control, relinquishing control, and becoming dependent on you and completely trusting you in Jesus' name. Lord, bless my daughter with speaking words that are life-filled words. Put those words in her mouth, God. Put those words in her mouth and may they come out. May she speak them and believe them. May they, may they be seeds that are sown, seeds of life that are sown through her words in Jesus' name. And Lord, bless my daughter with being strong and courageous, being built up, being edified, and being a woman who is strong and courageous in you and with you, in Jesus' name. So that's the powerful prayer of blessing. And the way I wanna to close tonight is to give you testimonies of what I have seen take place through the prayer of blessing. So I wanna share first about my, um, my three kids. Um, I have been praying blessings over them for years. One of our pastors, Pastor Marie, taught about praying the blessing over our children. 
And I did this. I started writing down, you know, what to rebuke and what to, what curses to break off and what to speak. Basically, whatever I broke off, I replaced with what God said. And I've spoken things like um, blessings over their knowledge and the relationship of God, over their health, over their marriages, over their giftings. I have broken off the enemy's purpose and plan, binding lies and declaring truth, binding evil and declaring good, binding addictions and declaring deliverance, binding fear and declaring God's power and love and soundness of mind. So I've been speaking stuff like this over my kids. I do it when I walk. That's my time to pray over my children. I walk and I pray over my kids. And here are some testimonies. The first one, Chad and Kay, our, our son that is coming tomorrow, he is, is the one of the three children who loves God and lives his life completely. And not him, his whole family, not just him, his whole family, his wife and my grandchildren are on fire for the Lord. So my first breath blessing that I've been speaking over my children, Lord, let them know you. Let them know you more. Let them have a deep relationship with you. Bless them with this deepening, deepening of relationship. And I see it in Chad and Kay, and the story of their salvation and their um, growing in relationship with God is amazing. I can't share it now because of time. But I would never have figured it out that way, the way God did it. There's never in 100 years I ever would have seen them where they're at today, about 12 years ago. There's no way. But God did it. And I believe this powerful prayer of blessing had a huge effect. That's the first prayer. The second prayer has to do with addictions. I have been speaking this over my kids for a long, long time. Um, and this is the way I say it. Father, I thank you that my children do not have a spirit of addiction. I break off the spirit of addiction. My children say no to drugs, to alcohol, to cigarettes, to marijuana, to pills, to any addictive substances or behaviors. But God, bless my children with filling up that emptiness with you. The only addiction they have got is you. They're addicted to you. They can't get enough of you. They're Jesus freaks in Jesus' name. So I, I speak the blessing over these addictions. Well, Chad and Kay used to be big drinkers, just partiers, big drinkers. Kay ended up having pregnancy, you know, a couple pregnancies, so she didn't drink during those pregnancies, and then she had babies, and she didn't drink because she had babies and nursing and all of that, but Chad was still drinking a lot, but God moved on his heart, and he realized, even though I don't believe he was an alcoholic, he realized that he had a very big idol in his life, and he went through the 12-step um, program at his church. It wasn't just for addictions. It was for any area of your life where that was out of balance. It was in his church. And after he went through that 12-step program, he has never drank again. Neither he or Kay drank. So that was, that was the first one. The next one was Adam and Marianne. So they're my middle, my middle son and his wife. And they've been smokers for years. Both of them were smokers. And Adam, about maybe three years ago, quit smoking. And I've been speaking this over my children for years. And it's like, yes, another prayer answered. Yay, God. But Marianne was still smoking. And Marianne is the one that was, is my, my daughter-in-law that was, is pregnant now. Well, when she became pregnant, 
she completely stopped smoking and drinking because of the pregnancy. But my prayer for her, as I'd been speaking the same, the same blessing over her, is that it would be easy, that she would be delivered of that um, addiction to nicotine. And she was a big drinker. So that if there was any addiction to drinking, or even if it's an emotional addiction, that it wouldn't be, it should just be delivered easily. So there's examples of addictions that have been broken off. And I simply rebuke the addiction and speak blessings of deliverance over my children. So I've seen all of those. I never talked to my kids. I never, you know, said I don't want you doing this or this bothers me. I never said any of that. I just spoke blessings over them. The third thing I want to share, and I shared a little bit about this last week, is my daughter Megan, and I won't go into detail because it's too long of a story, but fought anxiety and panic and depression and lots and lots of physical things that went along with it, lots of um, allergies and lots of food sensitivities, and she couldn't eat, you know, no gluten, no um, milk, no dairy. There was just all sorts of things in her body. And, but it, I believe it all stemmed from her really big spirit of fear and anxiety and depression and panic and all that. She literally would, couldn't get on a plane to come home. She would, it, couldn't get on a subway when she lived in New York because of panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And Anyway, I spoke this over her. I spoke this blessing over her. God, you didn't give my daughter a spirit of fear. That's not what you gave my daughter. You didn't give her anxiety. You did not give her um, um, darkness or panic attacks. That's not from you. God, you gave her power and love and a sound mind. That's what you gave my daughter. And I'll never forget the day that he spoke to me. I was walking in the sub, and I, he, it was just so loud and clear in my heart. He said, you can stop speaking that over your daughter now. She's been set free. Your daughter's now strong and courageous. That one was answered. And it was. No more anxiety, no more panic attacks. Um, all of the, the, in, uh, the allergies, the gluten intolerance, the dairy, it all fell off of her. She was healed of all of it over about a five-month period. It just completely left her. As I was speaking that over her day after day after day after day, she was on the Appalachian Trail. She hiked that whole trail. And I told her, I will not worry, but I'll pray. And that's what I did. The power of the prayer of blessing. I want to share one more testimony. This is another woman. Um, she called me. It's probably been three or four years ago now. And her son was diagnosed with ADD and had lots and lots of problems. He had behavioral problems. He had learning problems. Of course, he had focus problems. And he was failing in school. He had already been retained one year. And the, they wanted, the, the, the um, staff at school wanted, you know, him to be, to be tested and possibly to um, have medicine, etc. And she didn't want her son to have medicine. Now, this woman had seen her mother healed of cancer. She had seen Jesus, the healer, heal her mom. And she says, well, if Jesus can heal my mom, Jesus can heal my son. So she called me from Florida one day. And I shared with her this two... Um, this T-chart, this kind of chart, this two-column chart. And together, we wrote a list of Andre's, the stuff on the left side, the stuff that was the curse, the stuff that was keeping him from being successful. We wrote that on the left side. And then on the right side of the chart, we wrote God's best for him. 
on the right side of the chart. And at this time, he was still a young boy. He was like second or third grade. And I said, now, every day before he goes to school, lay your hands on him and invoke the blessing over him. And he was young enough that he, was, he loved Jesus. They were a strong Christian family. So he loved it when his mom and dad prayed for him. So every day, mom and dad together laid hands on this little boy and started to pray this blessing over him from the right side of the chart. It was such a huge change. It was almost too good to be true. So the very first day, that little boy came home saying, Mama, I had a really good day today. And every day before that, I hate school, I hate school, you know. But that day, it was really good. Within a week or two, the teachers were calling them and saying, is Andre on medicine? No, he wasn't on medicine. But they were speaking the blessings over him. Think about it. If you have a child who has all of those issues, the teachers are being negative. They're speaking disciplinary stuff. Mom and dad every day are probably disciplining him when he comes home, when he gets that behavior chart, and it's not filled in with the smiley faces or whatever. And there's just all this negative stuff. Curses being spoken over him. They didn't speak about that stuff. They just started speaking the blessing. By the end of the school year, and we didn't start this until it was second semester, so it was like February. By the end of the school year, they, they did the t traditional testing. He was gifted and talented. He had moved from below grade level, because he had been retained, to grade level, and he was so strong, he was at the gifted and talented level. In few months, of invoking the blessing over this little boy instead of speaking curses over him. There is such power in the prayer of blessing over your own body, over your own healing situation, or over your loved ones or any other situation in your life. So what we're going to do now is we're going to invoke the blessing. This is a beautiful prayer of blessing. It's called the blessing. It's got the priestly blessing in it. But we're also going to bless our families and our children and our children's children and their children. 